It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Happy, happy Friday. Happy Ferg Friday to everyone out there listening. Appreciate you tuning in. As always, Zach Blackerby here with you in just a few minutes. You will hear from Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer. Justin and I recorded our conversation on Wednesday, and we make a comment about that at the top of our conversation. And um, so you got that coming. And we kind of joke, like, there's no way anything could happen between now and then. <laughs> and, uh, and since then, we've gotten a, a football commitment. Last night, we got a commitment in basketball, and then also big news regarding K.J. Britt. Um, I'll talk about all that briefly before we play the conversation with Justin. Want to give some love to uh, today's sponsor, presenting sponsor, Fetch Me Home Delivery. Want to encourage folks to go to Fetch Me's blog on their website, and uh, I will try to link that in the show uh, description down below, but... They do such a good job caring about these individual restaurants and these stories that these folks have to um, have to tell. Um, the most recent post is about Twice Baked, the restaurant that's kind of opened up in downtown Opelika. A lot of homemade foods, a lot of good southern stuff, and then Philly cheesesteaks, and of course, Twice Baked potatoes. I've heard their desserts are fantastic. I've not been able to go to Twice Baked yet, but um, just kind of talking about, you know, Helping people, helping the community. We've talked about that with Fetch Me in the past, and they've, um, I don't know, it's just another way that they're doing that. They're telling the stories of these restaurants and these restaurant owners that, I mean, 2020 has been tough for them with, you know, the shutdowns and, and all of that. So, highly encourage you to check out our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Um, go to fetchmedelivery.com. You can check out their blog, and I'll, yeah, I'll try to link it down below. Use promo code ZAC20 for your first delivery free. All right, big news. Four-star guard Trey Alexander has committed to play for Bruce Pearl. And, um, I mean, he is going to be very, very good for the Tigers. A very long guard. Ferguson, uh, if, if you subscribe to the Auburn Observer, you will see this. But he, he joins Jabari Smith, and they're going to be a one-two punch like Auburn has never seen before. Justin's projecting that Sharif Cooper comes back for his second year. I mean, in just the trio of those two seasons from now, we haven't seen anything like that before here. And it's um, it's hard not to get excited. It's hard not to look past the season that starts in like less than two weeks just because it's like, oh my gosh, Auburn has the most talent it has ever seen coming through its doors next season. But... Let's enjoy what we have here. Um, Sharif Cooper's a big deal, and I can't wait to see him ball. But we'll talk more about that in depth next week as well. But Trey Alexander's going to be a huge addition to this basketball program. And then some really big news. K.J. Britt has accepted an invite to participate in the Senior Bowl, thus effectively saying, hey, Auburn, I'm going to the NFL draft after this year. Um, Good for him. Congratulations to K.J. Britt getting an invite to the Senior Bowl is a huge deal. It's a big deal. 
Um, you will be missed for sure. Um, you know that he has spent a lot of this time, you know, him sitting out, being injured, contemplating what's best for his future. And um, I don't blame him at all. So congratulations, KJ Bread. We'll touch on that more next week as well as we kind of look ahead to Tennessee and the rest of the season. Justin Ferguson with the Auburn Observer hanging out with us for another Ferg Friday. Just quick note, we're recording this even earlier than we normally do. So if something crazy happens <laughs> between Wednesday morning and Friday, um, that's why we're not talking about it. How you doing, bud? I'm doing all right. Uh, it's been a busy week again, uh, and uh, it's another off week, so... That was that's fun. That stinks. Yeah, it really, it's really tough. stinks. At least it's the weekend of the Masters. That's, that is that's the literally positive. the only positive thing you can take from this. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. But I thought it'd be fun to kind of go through each of the rest of Auburn's games and kind of just kind of talk about it because I think Auburn's in a good spot to finish mm-hmm. seven and three, despite the weird. Um, I don't know. Three weeks ago, people would have laughed if you said that. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. this is kind of the 180 we've seen, and I guess it was just the the statement went over LSU, right? Mm-hmm. But it's been it'll be two weeks from when Auburn plays LSU to when they play Tennessee. But what do you think the big turnaround has been as far as just the mindset and the opinion of this program? I, I think the big thing for Auburn is is that they have found an identity on the offensive side of the ball, and, and it's a lot more consistent to what their talent is. You go into the South Carolina game. Look, South Carolina. I said it this week. South Carolina is going to haunt Auburn more than probably 2018 Tennessee. That's like a wow. game that you should not have lost at all. Like, think about it this way. If you don't turn the ball over, it's three interceptions that led to three touchdowns in a game you lost by, by a single possession. That's the reason why you lost the game. You look at South Carolina since then, like teams have had to ha- hand South Carolina chances to move the ball and score. And Auburn did just that, and they ended up losing that game. Yeah. If you, don't, if you win that game, there's a real chance you are 7-1 and one heading into – the Iron Bowl, right? Or well, I mean, now it'd be six and one. Now it'd be six and one, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a real chance that you're going to Tuscaloosa with a chance to say, if we win, we could still get to Atlanta. Like it would be a lo- it would be a longer shot. You would still probably be a double digit underdog, but you'd have a chance. And I think the thing is, is from that game in South Carolina, they threw the ball so much in that game. Mm-hmm. And in the two weeks since then, we have seen Auburn. Do things that Bo Nix is comfortable with. Right, he's looked better. They've run the ball more. The mm-hmm. offensive lines played better in both areas, and they just have a consistent identity that against a team like Ole Miss, it was kind of boom or bust. They had several touchdown drives, and they had several completely empty drives against LSU. It just really, really clicked. So I think that's the thing. The the, the pieces were there against Arkansas, and South Carolina. Of like, all right, this is what Auburn can do in the future. The game just got away from them, especially against South Carolina. Ole Miss and LSU, they have stuck to a consistent, committed offensive identity, and there's a lot of there's a lot of potential in the, in what they're doing right now. Yeah, how big of a deal is the two weeks off now? I mean, you, yeah. you play the best game that you've played uh, this year, and it's not even close. And then it's all right, all the momentum it, it's probably going to be gone. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I think Tennessee stinks. Yeah, that helps. That definitely helps. Um, my thing is, is like I thought, you know, there were people were talking about that even after the LSU game when you just thought you were going to have one week off. Yeah, people coming in and saying, "All right, uh, you know, wouldn't you rather play? Keep this whole thing going." And for Auburn, the bigger benefit was having a week off. You had just played six straight SEC games, right? And that is rare to do. 
without any sort of break, without any sort of off week or you know tune-up game or anything like that. And so they needed physically to heal. This team needed that off week to kind of rest up and get ready for the stretch run. Now you're going into two weeks, which you still get the positive benefits of resting up. Jamie and Sherwood gets another week to recover. KJ Britt gets one week closer to possibly coming back uh, by the end of the season. You get more, you get you, know, you get more uh, more time for some of these other guys to heal up from their you know nicks and bruises and stuff like that. But you do, I I do wonder in this game on Saturday, and now we know that A and M and Tennessee aren't playing, so you're kind of in the same boat with them. Sure, I think sharpness is going to be a factor if they play next Saturday night as scheduled. Like it might take a quarter to get to get to knock the rust off, especially now that we know that all these COVID uh, this COVID outbreaks going on. And they they had to stop practicing, yeah. right? And then and even next week, if they get back to practicing, there are going to be certain groups in position groups that are going to be adversely affected because of contact tracing and stuff like that. So um, I don't know which ones of those are particularly, but I just know that yeah, I think you're going to have to kind of worry a little bit, not worry a ton because, like you said, Mississippi, I mean Tennessee's just not very good. But I think you have to you have to really start thinking like, okay, this team might not be firing on all cylinders when they come back after. If they are after two weeks, that's a really good sign. But it, it, there's more things pointing against them not doing that. I mean, Auburn wins against Tennessee, right? I mean, this is a game that going into the season we were kind of predicting this, the, the season. I had Auburn going seven and three, but one of the losses I had was against Tennessee. Okay. I just I had a weird feeling about it going into the season. Auburn's about where I thought they would be at this point of the season. Mm-hmm. Tennessee is significantly worse than I thought they were going to be. Significantly worse. And and the thing about this Tennessee team that has been so baffling to me this year is that this is supposed to be the year right on offense. And, like, there's a there's a ceiling that you're going to hit when you have Jared Garantano as your quarterback. You kind of know what's up. They have, like, three guys they can't really decide on at quarterback. The thing that has really, really stunned me about this, this Tennessee team this year, and I remember back early in the season when Auburn was struggling on its offensive line, this was, this was a team that people pointed to. Tennessee has four or five stars on their offensive line, and their other starter on the offensive line is a guy who's a veteran transfer, right? Mm-hmm. That You put all that together, and you think, man, a dominant offense, look at that talented offensive line. And they Auburn would kill for that. And they can't move the ball. Yeah, They are, I believe the last time I checked, they're 92nd in the country in, in, in rushing yards per carry. Gross. Like, Auburn is, <laughs> Auburn is significantly better on the offensive line than this Tennessee team is, even though that they are very, very... I mean, Tennessee's just getting beat at the line of scrimmage. They hired a new defensive line coach this offseason and got rid of him a few games into the year. Mm-hmm. Like, they have kind of been a mess at the line of scrimmage. That's how you lose a lot of games. People were on fire about this team. And it's like, oh, and here they are. They're up against Georgia. Look out. And then since really halftime of that Georgia game, they have looked like a, a, a really, really bad football team. Right. Yeah. And so I, I feel good about Auburn in that game. It's going to be interesting to see how they – and we'll never know this for sure, but the time management from essentially the two weeks off right. for preparing for Tennessee, which is your next game, but then you have the Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I imagine they spent a lot of time last week in the bye week. Already looking ahead. You got to think, yes. right? Yes, you got to think. They, they did. And you have to because this is going to be a game that, you know, no matter when you play it, it's going to be, it's going to be huge. And when you look at this, this Iron Bowl, if Auburn can come out and play a really good, clean game against Tennessee, kind of do some of the stuff they did against LSU and against Ole Miss, and get a win there, it's going to be a tough game no matter what. You're not going to be expected to win. Winning in Tuscaloosa is going to be tough, especially um, you know in a year like this. But I will say this. 
if Auburn plays the way they've played the, the last couple weeks, they have a good chance to give Alabama not only a competitive game, but I think really have a shot to possibly knock them off. I'm not saying that they're going to. I wouldn't pick it. But the way Auburn has played the last couple of weeks, I think gives Alabama some trouble in a year where they've basically just been able to line up and do whatever they want. Right. I think if it's a track meet and it's fireworks, yes, um, it's going to be hard to do what you did last year. Yeah, it's going to be really tough to do that. I mean, their offense to me looks better. Yes, I mean they lose two and two first round receivers, and it's just they they got better on offense. It's mm-hmm. it's the craziest thing in the world to see, but yeah, especially if they're somehow able to get KJ Britt back and turn this into a physical game yep. where. I, Auburn's going to be able to run the football on them, I think. Mm-hmm. And if you can kind of force... I think they're going to be able to throw the football on them. Uh, you're probably right. You're probably right. And so, But I, I think just from the way you want the game to feel, if you're Auburn in the Iron Bowl, I think you want to make it as physical as possible on both sides of the football. And you're right. able to manipulate that a little bit more when you have the football. But I, I just think, uh, I think that's going to kind of be what Auburn needs to do. Are they going to be able to do that on the road? I don't know. Yeah, and the thing there is is that you got to play a clean game of football. You can't turn the ball over. You can't, you know, have these empty drives. Good sustained offense, like we've seen these last couple of weeks from Auburn, would be the key. The other thing that I think really stands out about this game, looking looking ahead, is I think Auburn, in this day and age of college football, when we go and watch Georgia get absolutely torched by Alabama and Florida these last couple of weeks, I think Auburn, the defense they have right now in this season, is kind of one of the best ones you can have in terms of the way they want to play. Mm-hmm. Keep everything in front of you, create some havoc, get the ball, force turnover. Know that other teams are going to move the ball on you, but when it gets to third downs, and especially when it gets into the red zone and when it gets to the scoring touch, do the best to like keep you know locked down in those situations and also just prevent big plays because that's I mean look at what happened with Georgia and Florida last week. Georgia on a play-by-play basis was fine I guess but like they were giving up bombs to this to this Florida team and right. like that's got to be the thing you avoid because Alabama that's what they want to do they want to hit you deep they want to create big plays and when you saw them do that against Ole Miss and especially against LSU keep everything in front of you and then create turnovers create op- create opportunities like it's a bend don't break defense it's got an extra little edge to it because they're really good at getting the football yeah to me, that is your best chance to beat Alabama. I don't think right. you can say we're going to be the best defense in the world. And we're going to keep. I mean, it's what Georgia did, and Georgia like Georgia. It's how, they, it's how they beat Alabama last year. Those two interceptions. I mean, they both right. happen to be pick sixes, of course, which is great. But they got the football in key situations, and you know, like at the end of the game, you you get an opportunity for them to miss a field goal, right? right. You you lock it down down the stretch, and so i I think Alabama. I think Auburn's defense, if they play like if they're healthy and they play like they've had recently. I mean, you can go all the way back to literally since the Georgia game, mm-hmm. maybe since the second half of the Arkansas game. That is the kind of defense that I think is going to put you in a better position to beat Alabama than anybody else they play this season. I think when Steele was putting this defense together, I think he thought the pass rush would be better than it is. And they're coming off a really good game in that aspect. It's got it's, you, you got to have more. You got to step up in that aspect. Um, but yes, I, I, I would agree. I think we are seeing this season the how how much having Derrick Brown meant to a pass rush. Yeah. And Marlon Davidson as well. Because like one of the knocks that you hear about Auburn right now from a lot of people is like, okay, they don't have that go to pass rusher. There's no Carl Lawson, there's no uh Jeff Holland. And people even said that a couple years ago, or in these last couple of years, you know, Marlon had that breakout breakout year last year. But the thing is is like if you have two big time power rushers, 
that can make up for the fact that you don't necessarily have a go-to guy. Now, I will say this. If Derek Hall plays like he did against LSU... Game changer. He's a game changer. He's exactly what you want at that position. You got to get more of it. You got to get more consistent. But yes, what they've been able to do and said, okay, well, if we're not necessarily a team that's going to rush the passer super well, they are stopping the run. But if we're not going to rush the passer super well, sit back in coverage and force teams to make mistakes. Like basically just say, hey, you're not getting the big play on us. Really, since the Arkansas game, they have not given up a ton of big plays. Right. You know, keep it everything in front of you, and then and then, and then get, attack it in the air because I think the secondary is a really good secondary in 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 taking on what is modern football at this point. Um, this this kind of flyover football, as they call it. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. I tell you what, there's uh there's very few things better than opening your refrigerator door and seeing all those blue mountains on those silver cans, kind of staring back at you. Of course, I'm talking about Coors Light. There's only one beer that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. It's as cold and crisp as those Colorado Rockies that you see staring back at you in your nice cold refrigerator when you open the door. So mountain cold refreshment made to chill. It's the one that I choose when I need to unwind. Celebrate responsibly, and when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Justin, uh, give us a, give us a little heads up on uh, what's going on at the Auburn Observer and how people can sign up and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, it's an interesting time right now because uh, I you get through that first off week, you're like, all right, here we go. We got we had some things yeah, so that are ready we're, to go. We're, we're back, and now and now this week you're like, eh, all right. Um, but <laughs> some more basketball stuff coming. Yeah. Um, I did a story uh, on Auburn Centers this week. I have another story coming up by the time you're probably listening to this. So little Dylan Cardwell love. Little Dylan Cardwell, Stretch Akinbola. Uh, we did a uh, we did a mailbag podcast because I decided I don't want to run it back and try to come up with something again. So you know, for a second straight off, off week, so we had a little fun combining those. And cool. uh, yeah, and then um, next week, God willing, uh, we'll have a we'll have a game against Tennessee, and um, you know, we'll we'll you know, film room and uh, you know, the film room this week on the on the passing concepts. A lot of people yeah. really enjoyed as well, and so it's gonna be some more stuff like that. Hopefully, we just get back to football. But yeah, AuburnObserver.com. Uh, podcast and about four or five stories a week that you can get there uh, sent straight to your email inbox. Yeah, worth every penny. Please check all of that stuff out at auburnobserver.com. Get subscribed. It's it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Alright, so we talked about Tennessee and the Iron Bowl. The game after that, Texas A&M certainly winnable. I think the fact that there's two things. There's two things here. Auburn's going to be at home and I think mm-hmm. it's going to be the week after they lose the Iron Bowl so everybody's going to want Gus fired. Yes. And <laughs> Desperate Gus is very dangerous, and so I, right. I, I, because of that, I think they beat A and M. Yeah, and the thing with A and M this year is, is that they just keep on winning. They had that really good win against against Florida, which looks a lot better now. Yeah, um, they haven't been overly impressive, but yet they just keep. I mean, they just keep taking care of business. Kellamod is so boring; it's crazy. That offense is boring. It's so totally. boring; it's crazy, and it's because I think Jimbo has not a, a adjusted and adapted really from 
Florida State. Right. Like it kind of looks very similar uh, to what he did when you know he had that really good run at Florida State, and their defense is their defense has played well this year. They've got. They, I mean bringing Jimbo in getting better at recruiting you're starting to see it pay off they got some dudes and like mm-hmm. talent's gonna win out uh eventually I think Auburn though playing at home and this is a team that they kind of got their number I mean that's that's another thing to keep in mind that you know especially since Jimbo's come come aboard like Auburn's kind of just had it you're right had it going well um I'm not sold on A&M yet but like I also don't know if they're gonna be really tested between now and then at, at a high enough level you're right you're right and, I mean, A&M, they've kind of sold themselves out to the fact it's like, hey, if they went out, they have a chance to kind of say, hey, we may be the fourth best team. Um, that's kind of been, you know, the, the the trendy pick that I've seen some people do. Yeah, um, it's going to be weird because I don't know how you – like, now now with Clemson losing to Notre Dame, it, it gets it gets I, a lot more yeah. interesting. Well, I, I think the four teams have been decided unless something crazy happens. I mean – I think I think it's Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama, and Ohio State, unless something right. weird happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the weird thing happening would be: could Florida possibly knock off Alabama in the SEC title game? And then even then, you start getting you start it's like, is that enough? Like, do they still put Alabama there? Like, is that I enough for it, Florida to go in there? I at think that you, point? I think at that point you don't put Clemson and Notre Dame in, and you put Alabama and Florida in. And like, it, it, it's it gets real weird in that case as well. But yeah. Um, yeah, A&M's going to be a trendy, trendy like sleeper team. Like, yes, we did get shelled by Alabama, but that was very early in the season, and everyone's kind of doing that right now. <laughs> right, right. So we're, we're, we're the best of uh, all the other folks. But I, that's going to be interesting to see. I, I feel good about this A&M matchup. And then going into Mississippi State to wrap things up, Woo! as the schedule currently sits, um, I mean, there's no telling if Mississippi State will still have enough people uh, to play football at that point with the amount of people leaving the program. Yeah, it's... Um it's bad it's bad and i hate it because i like mike leach but holy cow i mean they well, have not adjusted so so here's the thing with mike leach the air raid it was the whole thing about bringing the air raid to the sec air raid concepts could definitely work you look at the nfl you look at what cliff kingsbury is doing in arizona and you're yeah. seeing like so, what some of the chiefs have done um with uh, with patrick mahomes uh jared goff obviously like the air raid can work at any level of football Mike Leach's stubborn air raid of like we're running the same four plays over and over again and like you you have to <laughs> I mean we're not changing who we are. The thing about it is that when he was in the Pac-12, Washington had their number every year. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Lake, their former defense coordinator and their head coach has said like we knew what was coming, like you know, they don't change. Now you're in a division if you're Mike Leach where you've got several really good defensive coordinators and where people put a lot of talent and emphasis on playing defense and it's really come back to bite him everybody fell in love early on because Bo Pelini might have managed like might be the worst case of mismanaging talent in the entire country this year Mm -hmm. LSU shouldn't be nearly that bad on defense and they look lost they look so lost and like uh what do you do against the air raid well especially if you have a bad offensive line like Mississippi State does you send three four at the most drop everybody back in coverage he was blitzing and run, running, running cover two, like cover yeah. two man. He was he was manning up across the board. He's like, what are you doing? Right. Since then, everybody's been able to shut him down. So yeah, there's really no telling. I am falling in my chair. Yeah, um, that one just kind of drops. My bad. Uh, the uh, there's no telling what state's going to look like, you know, by the end of the season. But yeah. I don't think it's going to look good. They needed five turnovers to beat. I think the worst Vanderbilt team we've seen in over a decade. Yeah, they got five turnovers and they scored 24 points. Like that's not yep. great. If you go back and look at the box score at the end of the game, you look at some of the advanced box scores, it, like Vanderbilt should have not only won, but won that game solidly. They were moving the ball. 
State's defense is okay. I mean, there's games where they turn it over three or five times and mm-hmm. they only give up, you know, 20 something points. Like, that's a strength. Yeah. No, they, they kind of have some of the Auburn, like a little minor league version of what Auburn's doing this year. It's like, well, you're going to move the ball on us, but we're going to keep you out of the end zone and we're going to force turnovers. Um, it's a little bit more challenging to watch that, though, when it's Vanderbilt doing that to you because Vanderbilt couldn't do anything yeah. heading into that game. So, realistic schedule projection for Auburn. Is it 7 and 3? I think it's 7 and 3. Still a real chance of being 6 and 4 cuz A&M is A&M. What's more likely, going 8 and 2 or 6 and 4? 6 and 4. Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, look, I I I think I'm not I'm not like I said, I'm not picking out Auburn to beat Alabama. I think as currently constructed, the way they've been playing, if they keep it up, if you look at the rest of the season, I think the best chance anybody has of beating Alabama this year is Auburn. Mm-hmm. Even Florida. I, I agree with that. Even Florida because, man, Florida is going to get absolutely shredded by that by that Alabama offense. Like That game could finish 50-40-something. to 40 something. Yeah. And in that case, I'm taking Alabama every every day. Mm-hmm. But I think the way Auburn's playing defense and I think the way they're, they're being a little bit more, a lot more, I think, consistent on the offensive end will help them out. But, yeah, I think 7-3 and three is probably your likely spot. And – that's kind of something that you would have taken heading into the season, right? No doubt. Um, the only thing there is, is like you didn't like you come into the year and you say, "All right, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia." You lose two of them, and then you lose a game that you probably didn't you probably didn't expect. That that's that literally right. that's literally what Auburn is going to do this year if 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 the schedule holds. Um, we'll see. I mean, it, it just puts more pressure on twenty twenty one. I think now with state going back, there's a chance. Like you beat A and M, you beat Mississippi State, you win your bowl game. If we even have those at that point, if society right. is still even existing sure. uh, during bowl season, um, you have a chance to get some real, real momentum heading into twenty twenty one, where the schedule should be a lot more in your favor, and you get a lot coming back. I think on this team on both sides of the ball, and we always pointed twenty twenty one is going to be the big one for Gus. Like that's going to be a real, a real uh, litmus test for this entire program. Now you can kind of do it with a little bit more momentum. You're listening to Locked On Auburn. The improved Built Bar is even delicious-er. 18 amazing flavors. They've got nut and non-nut flavors. Their six newest flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, carrot cake, almond, uh, apple almond crisp. They even have, like if you go to their website regularly, like they added strawberry for a few weeks that you could order. They, uh, they had some pumpkin-related flavors for Halloween. I'm sure they'll have some stuff for Christmas coming up. But Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy. They've got something for anyone. It's funny, a few listeners uh, a few nights ago, Kara, who's in the, the, the Listener Hall of Fame for Locked on Auburn, she's a local winner, um, talked about getting she, – she loves all of them. She loves all of them. She said coconut was, was really good. And uh, I think coconut's one of their better flavors. I'm not a coconut fan, but – if you like coconut, apparently that's the way to go when you order these. And you can do that by going to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
Justin Ferguson, Auburn Observer, auburnobserver.com. Be sure to head there and subscribe. Worth every penny. You don't get content like that anywhere else. So we both think Auburn's going to be 7-3 and three, um, wrapping up uh, this season. So I, I've got two questions. So the first one is, let's assume it's 7-3. and three. What's the off-season storyline regarding Gus Malzahn, if that's the case? I think if it's I think if they're seven and three, the offseason storyline is twenty twenty one, Auburn has to take a tangible step forward in their record. Maybe like I don't know how they do that with Bo losing all of his receivers. That's that could be that's get that that could be the issue, right? Yeah. Um that's a that's going to be a, a real question mark heading into heading into next year because this was a year where you had your quarterback and your receivers coming back and you have to you have to do something with it. I mean, right? is there a chance that Eli and Schwartz stay? There's a chance. I think there. Yeah, I think there's definitely a chance. I will say the fact that it's going to be a weird year. It's going to be a weird year for evaluating. I think Seth is a likely guy who is going to probably go. He he should leave. He should. He should. He should go make a lot of money. He should. But none of those. I mean, even Seth would be borderline at that point. Like people aren't really projecting him as nearly like. T- top two round guys can you make more money coming back next year like can you make the Derek brown decision yeah can you make the marlon davidson decision maybe it's going to be a weird year it's going to be depending on like it's good so much is going to hinge on what these guys hear from nfl guys yeah i mean if 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 schwartz and eli stay and then i mean of course if seth stayed that'd be a big deal i don't think he's going to but that'd be no. a huge deal the o-line stays the same you get um, tank back you get tank back DJ, yeah, at Armani Goodwin. Does he does he play? Does he play next year? I th- I think he's I think he does. Who's he take carries away from? DJ Worm, Sean. Yeah, okay. I think that's a, he kind of that big play kind of back. But like again, that's all just speculation. I think you see some of these young tight ends get more reps. Maybe you know. So by the way, Brandon Frazier down the stretch, if he's healthy, that's uh that's a game changer for Auburn because I think I think if he would have been healthy this year, we would have already seen him a lot. Can he block? Um, Are you going to put him on the field if he can't block? I think he can block. I don't know if he's necessarily like that's going to be his go-to thing, but I, I'll put it this way. There's a lot of times this season where you've seen John Samuel Shanker line up out wide. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what you would be doing there. Like Shanker probably has played as many snaps out wide as he has with his hand in the dirt at tight end. Yeah. You have a tight end on the field, so you can adjust and do motion and stuff like that. I think Frazier would be taking some of those snaps out there. And so it was kind of it would kind of be like a – you're a tight end by trade, but like, no, honestly, you're just a six, seven receiver at this point. Okay. So while we're talking about personnel, this isn't my second question I was going to ask you, but okay. when they put DJ Williams on the field and they line him up at X, mm-hmm. why are they doing that? Uh, pre-snap, they're pre-snap. They're trying to look and see if they get a certain matchup that they like one on one with the receivers. And if they don't get it, they motion him into the backfield and let him pass protect. Is he. Okay, so it's a pass protection thing. It's not a route a, running thing. I mean, he's run some routes, and he's a he's a decent route runner. Um, is he the best route runner? Like, uh, like why is Shivers not running routes? That's that's the one I don't get. Okay, I, right. I, so I'm I, not crazy for that. No, yeah, I mean, it's been tanking D, DJ. Can he, can he not catch? He can catch. I, I think he can he's, catch. He's, he's he's been a guy, but I think one of the one of the things they like is like tanks the guy you want on the field as mo- as most as you can, right? Right, for obvious reasons. Sure. DJ Williams is your best pass protector on the team. And so I think when they do that... He's like the second best pass protector like in the country, something like that. He's it, really, really good. He's really good at it, yeah. Um, so I think that's why you do that a little bit more. You get at that five-wide look and look and say, all right, is there a one-on-one matchup we like? Is there, you know, 
this reed's going to be this reed's going to be there if it, if the coverage is what we're looking at if you have him on the field does it force the defense to like stay in nickel instead of go to dime or anything like that i mean is that like when you get really deep into it or is it really just strictly like uh they can see how you line up and they move them inside yeah i think they i think they they, they see how you line up first and, and like Auburn's- does bo make that call that is usually a that is usually you look to the sideline and make that call Got like kind of kind of like it's a read and it's a check and like Bo sees it and then he looks to the sidelines and they're like okay yeah and then and then bring it in so it's something that he signs like if he goes back there and just says all right here we go let's snap let's snap this thing yeah the play is going to come in but it's like one of those things where like it's a check from him then you look to the sideline if you get that check and then they they adjust from there is that a Morris thing um in terms of like what they do or like who who makes that call. Um, as far as what they do, yeah, I mean, I think that's more of more saying we've seen him do more like five wide stuff in the past, and he, I mean, Auburn keeps running eleven personnel out there all the time. It is there's almost always a tight end out there. There's almost always a running back out there. Sometimes they can empty the formation. A lot of times it looks like they're running ten because that tight end split out wide or something like that. Right. So I think it's just more of that. He loves mixing and matching. He loves pre snap motion. He likes he likes getting leverage. That's his big thing. Um, and when it works, it, it works really, really well. Uh, and you kind of get creative in some aspects. That's why I also think that Frazier is going to be an interesting piece if they can get him you know, ready to go after Got this. It. Last question I want to ask you, and we mentioned this a little bit with Texas A&M. Let's say Auburn wins out. Yeah. Can it happen? Can, can, we, can, can we get into the top four? Oh, um, okay. So at that point, you would have had – if you went out, you're probably having to play in the playoff with Alabama. Like, one loss Alabama probably still gets in at that point, especially if you grind out a win. So in that situation, you need you need Notre Dame to lose. You need you need Notre Dame and Clemson to sort itself out. You need one out of there, then you need Ohio State. So, like, yes, basically at that point, you would need Clemson and Notre Dame to sort itself out. So if Auburn wins and out, you, <laughs> you, Alabama needs to beat Florida in the SEC Championship. Yes. Knock Florida out of everything. Yes. And then you need you need Auburn to just be chilling there outside of the conference championship. And it would be really tough to make that argument. It'd it be would tough. be it would be really It'd tough. It'd be really tough. You would need I think your ultimate like if you want to find a way into the playoff, uh have Alabama just somehow lose in the next couple of weeks before you play them. But yeah. Won't happen because of who they play next week. Because they're supposed to play LSU this week, and that wasn't going to happen. Right. I can't remember who they were supposed to play next week. But They'll it, beat them, whoever it is. Yeah. I want to say it was like, might have been State, honestly. It may be State. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, I think it's way far off. But I will say, though, if you went out, you got a really good chance to, like, play in the Sugar Bowl or something like that in, like, a big, big bowl game. The other fun thing is, do, like, do, pe- do people get excited about that now? I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's a better sign for your program than playing in Florida again. Yeah. So, I mean, you can do that a little bit more money. Uh, you're going to need that. Uh, I uh, I would find it interesting though if like Auburn like was like in this weird like two loss SEC champion or like two loss. I would love the argument like when people say, all right, does Auburn need to get in over like an undefeated BYU or an undefeated Cincinnati? Because that's going to be the argument. Do, do they win the Do they win the SEC in this scenario? If they win the SEC in this scenario, I think they have a. That, really that's good a no brainer. I think you have to put the SEC champion. You would in need there. S- You would need Alabama to lose. Again, like you could beat Alabama and then you need Alabama and you to lose, lose one more time. You need right. to lose one more time. Um, I don't think that's happening, but right. uh, yeah, it would it would be a be a wild conversation to have uh, for sure. I think like it goes back to what I said earlier. I think that South Carolina loss is going to haunt you for it, a long time. It's a big deal, but yeah, it's like considering it's a two how bad loss, South Carolina looks, 
Is a two-loss Auburn that beat Alabama more impressive than an undefeated Cincinnati or an undefeated BYU? And it's like, I think so. And then at that point, you would need to have beaten Florida. You would need that SEC championship game, I think, because then yeah. outside of Alabama, who's your impressive win this year? Lost to Georgia. A&M? Yeah, it would be A&M at that point, right? And then it's just like you're kind of starting to split hairs. I think whoever comes out of this, uh, it might probably be Ohio State at this point. Ohio State or Alabama, number number one seed. But say in this scenario, it's Ohio State. Whoever they put in that four spot, I'm fine with them just like offering someone up. And this is the year I think you do the Cincinnati or the BYU and just say, here's your shot. And then when they get pasted, it's like, all right. But you can't – they're not going to – if. Can you imagine an Ohio State Cincinnati playoff game? Like how like how Jack Cincinnati would be for that game and What's then, the line? What's the line for that? Forty two oh, and a half? Like No. Cincinnati's got a really good defense. But I mean it do, would, do we know that like is it that good? Like is it can it slow down Justin Fields good? Yeah. I don't know, man. Like here's the other thing about Ohio State you gotta consider. They're having a hard time playing defense themselves. Like, Rutgers is putting up points on them. That's a problem. Yeah, but if it's a boat rate, I, I mean, I just, I don't know, man. I, I would love I, to I would see give Ohio, like, minus 42. Like, it'd be, that would be, I, that I, would, I, I think it'd be. You don't, even give that to, you don't even give that to Auburn, Mississippi State. I'm just telling you, man. I just think, it, I don't think it would be close at all. I, I think it would be, I think it would be a double digit win, but I don't know what, what the line would be. The other fun thing would be like an Ohio State BYU game where it was like, all right, hey, B, hey, we're BYU and like we are moving the ball on literally everyone. Ohio State, can you play defense? Can you guard people in a straight line? And like uh, they've had a hard time doing that this year. Yeah, it would be fun. The talent level would just be so different. It's like, can you not just man that up at some point? I you would, know. you would imagine. I don't know. You would imagine. One more time. What's all what? How can folks sign up at uh, Auburn Observer? AuburnObserver.com, $6 a month or $60 a year. Uh, you get your stories and podcast emailed straight into your inbox most mornings at about 6 a.m. Central Time. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at jfergusonau. That's awesome stuff. Thank you so much, bud. You can Absolutely. follow me on Twitter at zblackery. Follow the show on Twitter at, uh, at LockedOnAuburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We will recap everything coming up on Monday right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.